Choke points. Let's go. Brought to you by Acton's Quality Roofing. We're going to talk about boulders this morning and specifically using them to prevent homeless camps from returning to sites along freeways and highways. And you noticed this on your trip to Portland, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was shocked to find the massive homeless encampment in Delta Park, just off I-5 in Portland, empty when I drove through the city on Friday. It's been there for years, just across the Columbia River from Vancouver. It had wood buildings, several cars, generators the last time that I went through, and that was just in September. Uh, so I was like, okay, what's happening? Just last month, that camp was removed, the site was cleaned, and hundreds of large boulders were installed to prevent the camp from returning. It's called aggressive landscaping by the Oregon Department of Transportation, which owns that particular property. So I was like, okay, I thought that use of boulders had kind of been removed from the toolbox, but because uh, you might remember a few years ago, the city of Tacoma installed them on some city property 2015, right. only to remove them after a big public outcry of this is inhumane. This isn't what we should be doing. In 2017, Spokane was going to do the same thing, but residents stopped the plan before it started. But it turns out that boulders are back, and not just in Oregon, because on our drive home, I noticed that the Washington State Department of Transportation had installed them at a homeless camp on the west side of I-5 at Lily Road in Olympia. WashDOT also put them in along SR-285 in Wenatchee last year. So I asked WashDOT's Barbara LeBeau about Barbara uh, boulder use and whether it's going to happen more often going forward. It's not the first tool, you know, it's, it's not the first go-to. There's certainly, you know, there, that that's not a standard practice, you know, with every uh, cleaning and removal. But placing boulders is part of the toolkit when it comes to keeping those areas near freeways and highways clear. Sometimes we fence. If, the, if an area makes sense, that doesn't always make sense. Sometimes we do uh, vegetation removal, so where we remove some of the brush and some of the trees, so it's, you know, you can see if someone is, is settling in there and you can you know help address that early on before a large encampment forms and then in certain cases we do sometimes place a large boulder that just sort of makes it uh, less attractive to to resettle in that site so if it works i asked lebeau why the state doesn't use those boulders more often the boulders can be quite expensive placing them can be very time consuming and expensive and if we can do that by better controlling vegetation you know that's that's a that's a savings. That's a time savings. And you get the same result. You know, if we don't think that that's going to work, you know, again, in some places, fencing is, is the better option. But if we don't think that's going to work and we do have a really particular safety need, then, you know, in rare occasions, we may use that. So what made the site under Lily Road in Olympia a good candidate for this? It was really to try to block the access up under the bridge. Our crews need to be able to get in there to inspect those bridges, certainly to make repairs. We don't want anything um, being undermined in the bridges. And that was just, you know, there was actually fencing, vegetation work and the boulder just to try to to keep that that area clear for, you know, the uses that it's intended. At that particular spot, Lily Road goes over the top of I-5. They're not any on or off ramps. So it was a spot where homeless camps were going up and underneath the, right. the overpass there. And they wanted to make sure that uh, they weren't going to see like concrete being taken or blocks being taken like we've seen under some over passes here in Seattle. Now, keeping these sites clear is part of the ongoing rights of way safety initiative, working to remove people from state property along freeways and highways in five of the largest counties. In under a year, the state and a lot of private partners have worked on 13 large encampments. Five of them have been cleared. The rest are waiting to be cleared as outreach workers trying to find housing for each resident. LeBeau says they have found success with this model so far. I believe it was 225 people had accepted housing and 94% of those were still in housing. That's not a huge number, certainly, but it is a positive step in the right direction. If you just go in and announce we're clearing a site and you don't offer any of that 
that services and you don't help find housing, you know, we know that people will move to just a different site. And that doesn't that doesn't resolve the issue for anyone. The state wants to expand this model to all the homeless encampments and its rights of way in all 39 counties. But, of course, that's going to take a lot of money. Funding for that is part of the governor's four billion dollar plan that he unveiled on Tuesday. So, yeah, just uh, maybe some slight tweaks, uh, some different things in the toolbox. But, yeah, I've just started to notice some of these things as we drive around. Sounds like Oregon is really going full bore on this in some of the places. Washington may be a little less aggressive with it. But boulders are back. All right. And as you crawl through the wetness, maybe we can take your mind off the commute by letting you know what the state legislators you elected are up to now in Olympia. We have bills involving gun safety and more on that bill to stop companies from testing for THC. Let's go to Kyrios Radio's Matt Markovich, who joins us live now with the legislative update. Matt. Good morning, Dave. Day four of a 105-day session, you know, and I think the kumbaya period, as I like to say, is over. (laughs) Uh, The handshakes are over, and now the divisions have started. And what better topic to talk about where there's always a division between Republicans and Democrats, and that's guns. And so this legislative session, the governor is pushing three measures, big measures, that I think are going to highlight the gun ownership debate for the next coming months. And he highlighted those in his State of the State address. address. First, one of the most meaningful measures and effective measures that we can take is requiring that people have safety training, basic safety training before they purchase a gun. We accept training in multiple parts of our lives. So we should expect that they will have basic training when they buy a gun. Second, we must increase accountability among manufacturers and dealers and give families and victims access to justice. Third, the time has come for the legislature to ban the sale of military-style assault weapons. These weapons... And again, what you're hearing there is the Democrats applauding because uh, I don't know how many times, Dave, I've heard the last one where they've asked for the semi-assault ban. Uh, They're bringing it back again. And the other one uh, that they're bringing back again is the liability issue where the gun manufacturers and the sellers of those guns can be liable if that gun is used in a crime. And obviously, if it results in a death, that's even worse. Uh, But it's the first thing that he talked about, a gun safety class. And that would be required for anybody to buy a gun. And you it's not like every time you buy a gun, you have to go to this class. It, you only have to go to it once. But before you get that permit, you have to complete that gun safety class. And he says that's happening in other states, and he's going to want to put that in this state. Now, again, the Republicans are saying, um, again, the, the Republicans are saying guns, it's not the guns, it's the people behind the guns that yeah. pull the trigger. And here's their, how they responded to these uh, new ideas from the governor. When it comes to gun safety, I tell you this. Uh, I'm willing to have any conversation with them or about gun safety if they're serious. If they're serious about changing our environment. Because guns are only a small and inanimate part of that problem. Are we going to talk about families? Are we going to talk about mental health? Are we going to talk about substance abuse? Are we going to talk about social, emotional well-being of our students? Are we going to do all the things that contribute to violence, whether it's gun violence or not? If we're going to have a serious, grown-up conversation about that, I'm all in. So do they, do they see this uh, gun safety class requirement as just a sneaky way to, to uh, uh, create a waiting period, basically? 
No, I actually think he believes that that a gun safety class will work, that you should have some proper training if you buy a gun. Now, I, uh, I can't, I do not know if these classes have proven to be um, mathematically successful in other states. I actually have them. There was no evidence that was brought forth by uh, both sides. We're going to hear more about that mm-hmm. in the debates. And that last but voice, think- by the way, was the Republican leader, John Braun. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have prefaced that. So um, and he's a leader in the Senate. So there's got to be a fight. But for for John Brown to say, hey, I'm open to anything that works. So it's a question of will the gun safety classes work? Yeah. All right. On Um, uh, cannabis testing. What's new with that? Well, what's happening here in this again, this is a reprise of something that was brought up last year, but then they've refined it and people would have a definite opinion about it. So in cannabis testing right now. Employers can test for the use of cannabis in a pre-employment drug screen, and we're only talking pre-employment drug screening. So this would only this law affects only people who are about to get a job, and the employer is about to test for cannabis. But since we've legalized recreational marijuana in the state, you know, 11 years ago, mm-hmm. so it's legal here. So what at what threshold do you allow open up the door for companies to? You know, they should should they be testing for it? So this bill would prohibit companies of all jobs except for federal employees and construction workers from from uh, um, from testing for cannabis. And here's a big supporter of it, uh, Burl Bryson of the Cannabis Alliance. The practice of testing candidates only measures whether a candidate is a legal consumer. It does not measure impairment. If the same approach were applied to alcohol, employers would refuse employment to anyone who enjoyed a beer or a glass of wine on the weekend. We all know that this is not a workable standard. So what what about the people who are professional drivers, for example? Was there a testing requirement for them or not? No, not at all. And that's the thing is that during the hearing, people are saying, I think this is way too broad. It's only involving federal workers. um, And they picked out the construction industry. Uh, Hmm. But there's all kinds of other jobs. Uh, What if you um, it was brought up that. Um, well, it was brought up. Several jobs were brought up, uh, like a forklift operator, or you work on a combine on a farm. Um, you know, all these other jobs. So the idea here, and he brought up that ar- alcohol argument, because the difference between cannabis and alcohol is that cannabis stays in the system for up to a month. Yeah. So you may have had some cannabis a month before you are drug testing for your new job. And alcohol only stays in your system for 24 hours. So they're they're calling it discriminatory. But then, like I was just talking about carve-outs, you know, more people want uh, more jobs included that that should be tested. And that included uh, from a testimony from a lobbyist for the sheriff and police uh, agents association saying that testing is needed for new recruits. We think that stronger language to discourage prospective use by Washington law enforcement and any related public safety personnel would help not only make the profession safer and better able to serve the people of Washington coherently. We also think we could avoid any potential conflict when it comes to like federal law funding through grants and such. So it's going to be a fight in terms of how many jobs they want to preclude from testing. Um, I mean, there's some obvious ones. Uh, uh, you want to fly a commercial airliner, yeah. I mean, but but those are regulated by the FAA. So there may be other re- things. It's just really broad right now. Um, so and again, I'm bringing this up because it did get a hearing. Yeah. And finally, the state dinosaur. Are yeah, we going to get a state dinosaur? That. Yeah, so, 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 so I always go to mess this up. So, Shusasaurus rex, Shusasaurus rex, a femur bone was found in 2012 on the San Juan Islands. It's the only dinosaur relic 
ever found in the state of Washington. So in four years ago, Amy Cole and her students at Elmhurst Elementary in Parkland, they wanted to make it the state dinosaur. And no, they're in eighth grade now, entering high school soon. They are still engaged in this process, and I'm amazed and proud. And so I'm really hoping that this is the year that they can see that payoff of being engaged as students and as future citizens. This does it have a chance. It may have a chance. It's a civics lesson. Representative Melly Morgan, who's been proposing it for the last three years, is trying again. Mr. Chair, will you support bringing the Susiosaurus Rex out of extinction one more time? <laughs> and finally, this is how the kids responded if that happened. If this law does pass, it would be dinotastic. Dinotastic. Yes, we can make that a word at the same time as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we have a, the woolly mammoth is the state fossil. We're hoping that the Susiosaurus oh, is the state yeah. dinosaur. All right. Matt Markovich at the legislature. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. That was something else, Dave. It was something else. (laughs) I liked your yo's. Thank you. Yo, 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 yo. yo. Your daily dose of kindness brought to you by Heritage Homecraft, a TikTok influencer who focuses on parenting, mainly trying not to repeat generational patterns of trauma in parenting, may have just revealed the next Broadway phenom. Her own son. The seed of a war in the creek of the floorboard. The storm can begin with the flap of a wing. The tiniest might bounce the mightiest thing every day. Starts with the tip of a clock or an escape. That's Nathan singing his heart out in the back of his parents' car. I believe the song comes from the Broadway version of Matilda. It's really a shame you can't see this young man because he is singing with such emphasis and emotion. He's clearly feeling each line. At one point, his dad cuts the music to give us a laugh, saying, hey, if you can memorize all those songs, you can definitely memorize your multiplication tables. Don't tell me you can't memorize your math tables no more, okay? <laughs> I don't hear that. The multiplication division. All that. Don't tell me you can't do it. <laughs> Nathan sits frozen as his dad talks, waiting for him to just turn the song back on. Are we still waiting? I mean, obviously, this video went viral. The kid has an obvious gift. His mom then shows him the reaction to this now viral video. So Nathan, musical theater Twitter has found you and they've been so supportive and kind. And I'm just like, there's so many good comments and so much kindness going on here. We love to see the rise of a new theater kid protect him. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm I'm flattered. (laughs) But I am seeming, saying, what's it called? Humble. They well, think that you should be on stage. I agree. <laughs> um, you wait for your shot? Yeah. You're not going to your shot? Well... It's coming. One thing leads to another with these viral videos. Nathan is now heading to see a Broadway musical compliments of Delta Airlines. We await the update as Nathan meets his heroes. You can see his videos. They brought me so much happiness and joy this morning through his mom's social media account. She goes by the handle Raising Self. (laughs) Good job. 748 and now from the Gene Ursula Show, it starts at 9. Here's G. Scott. Mm. You've been following this GPT, chat GPT, AI story. Kids getting their papers written by a computer. 
turning them in? Uh, I haven't. James was uh, getting me up to speed on what's going on. I hadn't heard of it until he told me about it, and I thought, hmm, this is very interesting. Yeah. It's amazing. You, you you need to sit. Everybody needs to sit down and try just to understand how sophisticated this technology has become. All right. Can we get more? I mean, is there examples of it on here? Or Dave sang a rap. Did you hear that? Yeah, well, no, do you sing a okay, rap or do you? I didn't hear it, but mm-hmm. I was out there and we're doing the show meeting. Mm-hmm. I got a text message from someone asking. They said, "Hey." Um, who produced that song? I like it. <laughs> and so I didn't know what they were talking about. I had to ask James. I'm like, James, what are they talking about? And James looked very perplexed, like, oh, they Do you want to, should I cue it up? Let Do me cue it the, up. Hold on. Yeah, right. I can cue it up. Right. Well, what's on. going on here? This is my first time hearing it. Okay. Okay. What do we got? Go ahead. I know. We have this complicated system. I had to cue it Damn. up. But don't worry. We got your back. Just check back soon. We'll get on track. Chat GPT is the place to be for all your AI chat needs. We're working hard to keep up the pace. So hold tight. We'll be back in this space. So don't worry. <laughs> don't be mad. We're working hard. It's not so bad. Just give us time. We'll be back. Chat GPT to the future of chat. Hey. Yo. 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 So. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Yeah. Yo. This is outstanding. Yo, yeah. yo. Okay. Wait. All right. All right. And that's Dave. Yeah. You did the music for that I, I, too? No, I did not do the music. Oh. That, that, there's a bunch of free rap tracks online. But what apparently. about the little punches? That, how'd you time that? I just waited for it to happen. Oh, I mean, gosh. I did a little rehearsal. Yeah, good. Yeah, I don't just throw these things together. So. Yeah. Should I be mad about that? <laughs> I don't Why? Know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, because I'm trying to form an opinion yeah. and have an opinion because well, it's well, my the, job. Well, the point of it is yes. that was written by the computer. I didn't write that. I was just I was just reading what the computer wrote because it was asked to apologize for not being for being overwhelmed by requests for you know various. I got you. Yeah. Okay. So they gave you the words. All you yeah. did was read. All I did was read it. That's right. Well, in rhythm. Yeah. But, yeah. And the ki- kids are using this to do their schoolwork, too. Okay. Now, now I can kind of see the problem mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. And look, I love technology. I love that, you know, we are able now to get on our phones and get in Google or whatever this new deal is and be able to find the answers uh, that we need, whether it's for uh, a research paper or whatever it is that we're looking up. But I hate to sound old school when I say this, but there's a lot to be said in the effort and the work that it took to whether it is go to the library or go down the street to the family that did have the encyclopedias in their home. There was there's a lot to be said about the work and an effort that it took to go and do that. Even if you didn't do a good job on your research paper. Right. Even Because whatever your whatever grade you got, that doesn't. That doesn't reflect the work that you probably The process put in. is important. The is process it, is the point. Is process. It, do, you, do you think back to the process of looking up through the index cards at the library and going finding the book and going through? Do you really take that into life today? Yes. Because I'm saying if kids are using this to do their schoolwork, perhaps the assignments need to be a little more engaging. Because, because some of us aren't really like, let's say you're not a great test taker. 
right? Mm-hmm. You're not somebody who just show up, oh, I didn't study last night, and just come in, boom, take the test, and do it, right? Or maybe you're someone in life that you just you just know how to make money, right? You just know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You just you, you got that person, they didn't, they didn't even get a good grades in high school. They just know how to make money. We are all wired different, right? And the one thing that I have been able to do is work, the process. And that is something that I can say I was able to do that to get here. Mm. I wasn't really talented at anything or really gifted at anything. It had to be the work. And so, yes, man, the index cards, you just gave me memories right there, right? The the index cards, the highlighters and Mm -hmm. all of those things. But it was the research. And, and, And you might it might take you four hours, yeah, four hours to really do the work of like. Man, you could have been on your phone and you could have did all that in less than 15 minutes. We also didn't have the temptation of technology for a long time, though, right? Right? So kids today are fighting against this idea that, well, it's easier over here. Right. right. Well, man, and, there have been instances of kids just copying encyclopedia articles. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, plagiarism's yeah. been around for a long no, 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 time. No. Is this plagiarism when an AI writes something? It's not plagiarism because you're not stealing. You're just a robot's making it up for you. I don't. I don't see. Uh, here is. Here's my thing. If this this is going to happen for you as a child, I hope that you're really gifted at things. Because <laughs> if it comes down to you having to work, you might be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. G. Scott, 9 o'clock with Ursula, Cairo News Radio. Thank you, G. The suspect in the murders of four Idaho college students will be back in court today. And Colleen has more on what to expect. That's right. In court, uh, the court appearance today, Brian Koberger will be asked if he wants to waive his right to a speedy trial. CBS's Chanel Call explains. That could allow Brian Koberger more time to enter a plea for the charges against him. The search warrant for his apartment has been sealed temporarily with a judge saying the details could prematurely end the investigation and create a threat to public safety. To recap, Koberger was arrested at his parents' home in Pennsylvania. They tracked him from the time he left his apartment at Washington State University to go on a road trip back to Pennsylvania with his father. They were stopped twice by law enforcement. We've since learned those stops were all part of tracking him. Then police were able to collect garbage Koberger put in his neighbor's trash can at four in the morning on one of these days. And they used that DNA evidence from it to tie him to DNA evidence found at the scene of the murders. The main piece of evidence is the sheath of the murder weapon, which is believed to be some type of blade that was left behind at the scene. And that sheath contained Koberger's DNA. Police also tracked his cell phone, visiting the area near the apartment where the murders took place multiple times before the murder. And now we're hearing from Koberger's neighbor at his Pullman apartment. Here's CBS's Lilia Luciano. A neighbor in the Pullman, Washington apartment building of suspect Brian Koberger says Koberger spoke to him about the murders. The neighbor asked not to be identified. He brought it up in conversation, asked if I had heard about the murders, and which I did, and then he said, yeah, it seems like they have no leads. It seems like it was a crime of passion. At the time of uh, our conversation, it was only like, you know, a few days after it had happened, so there wasn't much details out. And we don't know what detectives found at Koberger's apartment. The documents have been sealed temporarily. But as we anticipate Koberger's court appearance today and perhaps more information on the case, the sister of one of the murder victims is asking everyone to remember just four names. Madison Mogan, Ethan Chapin, Zana Kernoodle, and Kaylee Gonsalves. Kaylee was uh, her sister. You're supposed to grow up together. That's your God-given best friend. We were supposed to do 
everything together. She says in the weeks leading up to the arrest of a murder suspect, it was agony since police were staying very tight-lipped in order to catch Koberger. But once the arrest was announced... Feeling of relief was nearly palpable. Like, it felt like you were taller. Like, it felt like you could breathe a little deeper. Um, And that was unexpected. And as I mentioned, she wants everyone to remember the victims. For me... I think that we have four names that we can remember and we should remember. Um, and that's Kaylee Gonzalez, Maddie Mogan, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, those are the only names we need to remember and we need to know when thinking and remembering this tragedy. Ethan Chapin was a triplet. He grew up in Skagit County. His mother put out a statement on her Facebook page along with a picture of the triplets when they were looks maybe they were five, six at the most. Incredibly, and I guess I didn't realize this till now, Ethan's sister and brother Triplett also attended the University of Idaho, and she writes that she just dropped Hunter and Maisie back off, both embraced by the fraternity and sorority. She goes on to talk more about Ethan, how incredible, carefree, inclusive, and happy he was. She talks about being proud how she raised her son and his siblings, and leaves a quote at the end that says, and I shall allow the memories to prod me into doing better with all of those living just grace personified that she's finding such peace and uh, you know turning this into something that she you know she said she's focused on the the two remaining triplets and that she just wants positivity going forward it's so tough on this family no question about it Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to Seattle's Morning News, the podcast. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Colleen O'Brien. You can find our podcast weekday mornings right at 930. And if you subscribe, you will never miss the Daily Dose of Kindness.